Welcome to Golf Betting On Demand. I'm your host, Rick Gaiman, and we'll take you through everything you need to know for this week's President's Cup. We're going down under. So it is a unique event where there's a lot of different strategies to take into place because there's only 12 golfers on each team, both the United States and the international side. Going to be a lot of interesting things that we can bet. For example, who's going to be the top point scorer for each team? Uh, there will probably be live betting for who will, uh, you know, if, who will win a specific hole. So lots of cool things to cover for this week. But before we do so, I want to look back at last week's Hero World Challenge and how that played out. Again, a very unique event with only 18 golfers in the field being played in the Bahamas. Um, Henrik Stenson comes out and wins the golf tournament. Uh, you know, he had kind of been trending in this direction for some time, has played a little bit more inconsistently than some of the players in the field, but he really got it cooking on Sunday to kind of run away from this field and win at 18 under par. But as you can imagine, in a field of 18 with a lot of big names, this was a star-studded leaderboard. Tiger Woods stepped to the 14th tee looking like he was going to win the golf tournament. Uh, he then made a bogey on a birdie hole, something that you cannot do in a resort course where low scores are going to be uh, plentiful and just kind of stalled out after that. But all in all, another great week for Tiger. It looked like he was going to win his first two starts of the year, winning at both the Zozo and then being very much in, in play at the Hero World Challenge. Uh, John Rahm? Looked like he was going to win his third straight start. The guy's unbelievable. He made uh, an eagle on, I believe it was 15, putting it, putting from uh, the fringe, burying that. That felt like this is John Rahm. He's about ready to rock and roll here. Uh, but it was Henrik Stenson who, uh, you know, the memorable shot was, I believe it's 15, that par five, where uh, he hit his second shot with his new three wood. It almost goes in for an albatross. He taps it in for eagle and never looks back. Really well played by by Stenson. And Patrick Reed, who finishes two shots off the lead, is really the big storyline that comes out of the Hero World Challenge because of the penalty he received on the third or during the third round, where it looked like he very much improved his lie. Uh, it is not in a bunker, it's in the Bahamas, so it's kind of like this waste area, but it's still very sandy. Improves his lie, looked Pretty intentional, pretty egregious. He gets a two-shot penalty. Uh, a lot of other golfers had, I mean, Cam Smith, who's going to be on the on the President's Cup team this week, had very direct things to say. Like, he has no sympathy for cheaters. And that is a, a very direct comment that you would get from, from some of these golfers. So pretty surprising to see that. Reed doesn't have a great history when it comes to this stuff. But those two strokes certainly would have come in handy for Patrick Reed down the stretch, considering he finished two shots off the lead. Our bets for last week. So let's see here. We bet JT, Justin Thomas, at six and a half to one. Um, was very much in contention. He ended up finishing in a tie for fifth, played really well. What's, what's interesting about Justin Thomas is he can still score even when things look like they're going horribly for him. So if you watch the final round or even, even his third round, he was kind of spraying it all over. He didn't look very sharp, but he was still making birdies. He was still climbing the leaderboard, which says to me there's more in the tank. He has more of a ceiling uh, than a lot of these guys who, hey, if I'm way left off the tee, I'm trying to get up and down for 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 par. Not necessarily the case for Justin Thomas, who can kind of uh, find other ways to work his magic. 
So he finished in a tie for fifth. Bet Justin Rose at 16 to 1, who again played really, really well. Tied, um, I thought this was the, the biggest value play of the day or of the week where he's one of the best players in the world. He, he, he should not have been priced at 16 to 1 considering he has a residence at the Bahamas and has played, um, Albany golf club quite a bit. He finishes in a tie for fifth. Again, he was up near the top of the leaderboard all week, but didn't cash that ticket. And then I also bet Tony Finau, which at 22 to 1, you know, I can argue both sides of this. He ended up finishing in a tie for 10th, um, but it was mostly due to his worst PGA Tour round ever in round one. He shot a 79, seven over. He was like, you know, there's only like three guys over par after round one, and Finau was seven over. He was just so far out of the tournament already. The good news about Tony Finau is he was able to just kind of remove himself from that, and he played the final three rounds unbelievably well. Um, so this is, you know, leading into the President's Cup, trying to get some momentum. I'm, I'm very interested in Tony Finau. Uh, what's interesting is if you remove the first round for everybody in the field and just say, okay, this tournament was the last three rounds, um, Henrik Stenson still would have won it. He would have shot a 201. J- uh, John Rahm would have tied him at a 201 and Tony Finau would have finished second. So in the last three rounds, he was one shot off the leaders, which again is uh kudos to Tony Finau for being able to kind of put that first round behind him and move forward with a pretty good outlook. All right. I think that is it for the Hero World Challenge. Let's look ahead to the President's Cup this week, um, Royal Melbourne in uh, Melbourne, Australia. It is the U.S. versus the international squad. We've talked about these teams in the past. So there's 12 guys on each team. The international team is ripe with rookies. And the President's Cup of history has not favored the international squad. Uh, they only have one win, I believe, in 13 or 14 different tournaments. They've tied once. Um, so they're going to have their hands full. And just even when you compare the two rosters between the U.S. and the international team, uh, you know, on paper, the United States team looks very, very strong. They're going to have Dustin Johnson in attendance, who's, you know, coming off of he, his knee procedure, Tiger Woods, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, Gary Wood. I mean, just the list goes on and on. The international squad does have some headliners in like Adam Scott, uh, Hideki Matsuyama, Mark Leishman, Louis Oosthuizen. and those are all seasoned veterans, especially when it comes to formats like this. Uh, they're all seasoned veterans in match play type situations, but they are going to have seven rookies on this team, which uh, we will see. I, I do think there is something that uh, benefits the internationals that they've got nothing to lose. You know, Vegas puts them at a pretty significant underdog in this type of situation. Uh, but hey, they've got nothing to lose. They're at home. It's always a little bit dangerous when you play a team like that in any sport. So for this episode, here's what we're going to do. We're going to break down a lot of different bets because I'm already seeing a bunch of lines that are out that I want to talk through. Who's going to win uh, the, the President's Cup? Who's going to be the top point scorer? How this is, whole thing is actually going to shake down because there is a lot of strategy into when you want to put your bets in, um, who the pairings will be together. So we're going to cover all of that. But first, we're going to take a short break and uh, come back and talk about how the format of the President's Cup and how you can best take advantage of it. So I'll talk to you in just a second. (laughs) 
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand, and let's talk about the President's Cup and the actual structure, just so that we can get a good baseline of what the heck we're actually going to expect to see. So uh, this tournament, of course, being held in Australia, they're like 16 hours ahead of the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast, so they're 19 hours ahead of me. So a lot of this is going to be happening uh you know, overnight or in the evening. So keep, remember that. Um, but what's interesting about the President's Cup is, is the format. So there are five different sessions that these golfers will play. The first session, so this would be Thursday morning in Australia. It will be Wednesday evening here in the States. Um, is going to be five four ball matches. So four ball is when each partner uh, plays their own ball. So they're going to be two Americans versus two internationals. Everyone is playing their own ball. Uh, if Jordan or Jordan Spieth, geez, oh man, he's not on the team. If Justin Thomas makes a birdie and Ricky Fowler makes a par, the U.S. take the best score. They take the birdie. 
Um, same thing for the international squad. And then the best score for each hole determines who the winner is. So, um, it's an, it's a, it's a great format because you usually see these guys shoot pretty low scores as a team because they're taking the better score each time. And also, uh, as in terms of pairing, which we'll talk about later in the show, you're not really worried about pairing someone, uh, as much in four ball as you are in four sums. So four sums is a, is a format that they will go to Friday morning in Australia, Thursday evening here in the States, which means basically just alternate shot. So if if Justin Thomas hits the tee shot, Ricky Fowler is going to hit the second shot, and Justin Thomas will hit the third shot. They're playing one ball. This is a much more difficult format, uh, especially when you're trying to pair guys together because it takes a lot of communication and um, just a, a, a comfort level. You know, if your partner consistently hits bad shots, how are you reacting to that? Or if you're consistently putting your partner in a bad position, how are, are you guys able to ch- kind of just get past that? Like there are going to be bad shots that are hit. So don't worry about it. Um, additionally, for the international squad, there could be a language barrier. So someone like Hideki Matsuyama, who is from Japan, speaks a little bit of English, um, might be difficult to match him up with someone and, and Who's, who's an English speaker because they might not be able to communicate about their strategy as easily. Uh, natural fits would be someone like, uh, Sung JM and Benny An, both from South Korea, both speak Korean. They can have no problems out there. And you're trying to look for golfers that might complement each other's game. Um, you know, Bryson, who is a very analytical player, um, I think he might be difficult to partner with in an alternate shot format. He might need someone really, really laid back like Xander Shoffley or Patrick Cantlay. Now, the good news is we will know the pairings beforehand. So I'm going to get to this in a second, but the President's Cup, the way they do this is they will announce the pairings the evening before each match. So like uh, Wednesday evening in Australia, they will announce the matchups for Thursday morning. And when Thursday morning is over, they will announce the matchups for Friday morning. Okay. So you'll know like 19 hours in advance of, e- of each one of these sessions. Um, so Thursday morning is four balls. Friday morning is foursomes. Uh, Saturday, there are two sessions on Saturday. So Saturday morning, they play four, four ball matches and Saturday afternoon, they play four uh, foursomes matches. Okay. Now that leaves on Sunday, 12 singles. So you will play, uh, everyone will then finally play by themselves against one other player in match play. So that totals 30 available points. It's majority wins. You get to 15 and a half. You win this thing. Um, it is possible to tie and share the president's cup. So for example, in the Ryder cup, uh, if you tie, there is no extra holes, but if you tie, uh, whoever previously won the Ryder Cup retains the Ryder Cup. So if the U.S. won last time and you tie, the U.S. retains the cup. That is not technically the case in the President's Cup. If you tie, you share the cup, which has happened once. It doesn't matter who had it previously, who had it coming in. It is actually a physical tie. So 30 points available to you. First to team to 15 and a half wins it. And it's going to be played at Royal Melbourne, which there are two courses there and they have what's called a, a composite holes, which they can kind of take multiple holes and turn them into one course. Um, it's a very interesting layout, but this is a world-class facility. The West course is regularly named one of the top golf courses in the world. Um, it, it is going to be a world-class uh, setup 
and, and, a, and a great situation. But what we expect it to be is firm and fast. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult. Those are, it's those approach shots being able to control your, uh, spin, know how far it's going to bounce, putting on fast greens. That is all going, going to come into play this week. And this is the third time that Royal Melbourne has hosted the uh, the President's Cup. So it was uh, 1998, which is the only time the international team has ever won the President's Cup, was here at Royal Melbourne. It additionally hosted in 2011 and now will be the host for 2019. What's interesting about the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup is that the home team, in this case the international squad, they get to set up this course however they want. You know, we've seen in Ryder Cups where... They tend to make fairways, uh, the, the, the European team tends to make fairways very thin and, um, uh, missing the fairway very penal, getting into the rough because Americans tend to hit it very long, uh, not necessarily as straight. So the international team can do things like that to improve their own, um, standing for this week. It's a, it's an interesting phenomenon that we see on these international tournaments that they have a lot of say in how the course is going to be set up. Um, what I noticed about Royal Melbourne is it seems like it's going to be a, a perfect, um, backdrop for this tournament because there are a lot of different ways to play it. There are risk reward shots almost everywhere, uh, especially off the tee. You know, you can try to cut the corner and, and have a wedge in, or you can lay back and hit like a seven iron in. And there's a lot of blind shots and there's a lot of false fronts. So if you're, if you're missing or you're landing it on the front quadrant of the green, it's going to roll all the way back down into the fairway 30 yards. There's going to be a lot of strategy and knowing where to hit your shots, uh, being able to execute that. And if not being able to get up and down the around the green game is probably going to come in handy quite a bit at Royal Melbourne. And it always does in match play anyway, because being the first one in the hole, being able to make a par sometimes can put enough pressure on your opponent that they can falter. Um, so a lot of different ways to play this, which is also going to make for a great viewing experience. So when you are down one or two holes uh, coming down the stretch, you're not going to be able to play conservative. You're going to see these guys take the option of more aggressive, trying to make up uh, the holes that they are behind while you might see the team that is already out in front lay it back in the fairway, play it a little bit smarter. So what I think you're going to see are fireworks. One way or another, there's going to be these high-risk shots that are either going to be rewarded and it's going to be a lot of fun and a lot of exciting golf, or they're going to be penalized, which can also be exciting. So um, I expect to see coming down the stretch either a lot of matches that flip, uh, where the loser, the, you know, the guy who's trailing, uh, can come back and flip it, or the last couple holes, it, it turns this thing into a route, where a two-up match turns into five-up very quickly. So very interested to see how this plays out. And what I want to do is go through each one of the teams and talk about who the values are in terms of the way to bet this format. So we're going to do that and we're going to get started right here after these words. (laughs) 
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand, and it's time to jump into the bets for this week. And I've pulled them up, and they are quite beautiful. I'm pretty impressed with the uh, offerings that we have already so so far early in the week here. So just to start at the top, the the United States team is a minus 275 favorite to win this event, with the international coming in at plus 275 and a tie coming in at 14 to 1, plus 1,400. Um we can, I think we can rule that one out pretty quickly. It would be very rare and unusual for there to be a tie. But if there is value here, I, I, I still think it is embedding the United States team. Um, I'm not necessarily, I, I don't need to, I, I think our, we can build a bankroll and there are going to be a lot of other bets that are better. That like, hey, trying to choose where we have a bigger edge in trying to determine who the leading point scorers are going to be. That's probably where the majority of my action is going to go or my action is going to go into the live in betting, seeing how everything shakes out. But if I were to bet the winner, I would still bet the U.S. Minus 275 still puts them, what, about a 65 or so percent, 70 percent chance of winning this of of winning this event which i think is fair when you just line up the uh the two rosters across from one another the united states team just laps the international squad i believe adam scott is the only international player whose official world golf ranking is inside any one of the us teams so if you just list them by world ranking you get like 11 us players Adam Scott, and then the 12th U.S. player, and then all the international guys, which is obviously not, you know, this this event is not won or lost by official world golf ranking, but it really puts into perspective how good the U.S. team is and how deep it is. So I still think there's value there. Um, I, I've kind of been coming off of that a little bit. I think the international team in recent days um, has piqued my interest a little more, but not to the point of being able to bet it. Uh, if you need a little push on the international squad, I think you can make the case that Dustin Johnson coming off of his knee procedure and not playing a lot, probably unlikely that he plays all five sessions. Tiger Woods being a captain and a playing captain at that, probably unlikely he plays all five sessions. So you're kind of already removing two of the big dogs from the U.S. team where they might rely more on Webb Simpson, Ricky Finau, Ricky Finau, Ricky Fowler, Tony Finau. So I, I could argue... I mean, it's still such a deep squad, right? Ricky Ricky Fowler versus C.T. Pan is still a, a, a blowout. But I think that there is... I'm trending in the direction of the international squad, but not enough to the point to be able to bet it. And then you factor in seven rookies from the international team, which you could argue is 
a positive because they, you know, they've got nothing to lose, right? They're, 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 they've not been part of this losing culture for the international squad in President's Cups in the past. And now they get to go out there and just be free and easy and, and see what happens. So I wouldn't necessarily bet the international squad, but I do think they're trending in the right direction. Um, I will make a small bet on the United States team, but I think there's better value elsewhere. So let's look at where I do think there is better value. And um, we'll start with the top point scorer for the American team. So leading the way is Justin Thomas at five to one. Dustin Johnson is right behind him at six and a half. Xander also six and a half. Uh, Patrick Cantlay is seven to one. Patrick Reed is nine to one. Ricky Fowler is 10 to one. Uh, Tiger Woods is 10 to one. Webb Simpson is 12 to one. Bryson, Gary Woodland, Tony Finau, all 14 to one. And Matt Kuchar is the last one here at 18 to one. Let's think logically about how a, one of these guys becomes the top point scorer. I actually liken this a lot to the fantasy sport of your choice. Fantasy football fantasy basketball, whatever. The way to score fantasy points is to play. It is to be on the field. It is to be on the court. Someone who plays 35 minutes a night in basketball is infinitely more value than someone who plays two minutes a night. Um, in football, a guy who gets 25 carries, a running back gets 25 carries, way more valuable than a guy who gets 10 carries. It is literally just about opportunity. That's the same thing here because not all of these guys are going to play every single session. In fact, only a couple of them are going to play every session. So looking back at, and and even more so, in past President's Cups, there was a rule that you had to play two of the sessions before singles. So that means that everyone at minimum had to play three times. That rule has changed. You now only need to play one time before the singles. So there will be guys on either the US, the international team, or both that only play two sessions. Well, the chances of you being the top point scorer when you only play two sessions, very, very small. So looking back at history of who could potentially be someone who plays a lot, um, Justin Thomas, he is the favorite five to one, is most certainly a lock to play all five sessions. He's done it in like every Ryder Cup. He's done it in every President's Cup. He's young. He's fit. He's the best player in the world, in my opinion. Like very likely he plays all sessions. Dustin Johnson at six and a half to one coming off of his knee procedure, the same procedure that a week ago at the Hero World Challenge, he withdrew because he needed an extra week of rehab. Somehow he's going to be okay for the President's Cup, but withdraws from the Hero World Challenge gets on a plane for 23 hours, flies to Australia. I think it is very unlikely that he plays all five sessions just because the USC might not need him. Uh, if that knee gets sore, Tiger's not going to run him out there. Tiger, like of all people, Tiger knows what injuries and what keeping your body healthy can do. I think it's very rare. It would be very rare and unusual if Dustin Johnson played all five sessions. So if you're betting him to be the top point scorer for the Americans, you know, you're hoping he does it in three or four sessions, which he could do. He's great, but you're already putting yourself at a little bit of a disadvantage there. Um, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, Patrick Reed, they're the next group of guys. Uh, 
this really comes down to who you think is going to play together. And this is where I think you find all of the value in betting and fantasy this week. Who is going to play with who? And the good news is we're going to know. Okay, so when this tournament starts Thursday morning, we're going to know Wednesday night what the pairings are. So I'm waiting to see who's playing together. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to play together the whole time, but four of these Americans and four of the international players are not going to play the first session. Well, I'm not betting any of those guys to be the top point scorer if they're not even going to play the first session that we've already know they're not going to play 20% of the sessions. So I would wait as long as possible before entering any of these bets, but we will know. So for example, if Patrick Cantlay plays with Patrick Reed, which I think is possible, uh, those two become incredibly valuable because I think Patrick Reed could play all five sessions. Um, but to me, there is, I think there's one guy that is really the best value here. And it's someone that I will bet assuming when the, uh, the first round pairings come out, I will bet Ricky Fowler, assuming he is playing with Justin Thomas or just assuming he's playing. So here's what I think is going to happen. I think Justin Thomas is going to play all five sessions. I think Tiger Woods is going to play with him at some point, but I don't think Tiger is going to play all five. By default, I then think you get Ricky Fowler, who kind of rides the coattails of Justin Thomas in this event. Um, and he gets the benefit of playing with him. And if Thomas plays all five, Ricky Fowler might play all five with him. So these two played, we know they're such good friends. They played great at Liberty National together. This is a perfect format for them. Uh, I, I, w- I think Ricky Fowler at 10 to one is uh, an incredible value bet because here's the thing. If this shakes out like I've just described where let's say Ricky plays with Justin Thomas in all four of the team sessions. Um, they are going to have the same number of points because they're going to win together and they're going to lose together. They're going to have the same number of points heading into singles on Sunday. So then you're saying, okay, well, if they have the same number of points, now it's Justin Thomas at five to one and Ricky Fowler at 10 to one. Ricky Fowler is not five, t- uh, you, you know, um, five to one, you know, five points less likely to win his singles match than JT is, which is really what it would then come down to. And, if you're the way this this comes down, the, the the strategy is so critical here because it's not like the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup, you just submit who's going out in what order, and then it's revealed to everybody. So the U.S. submits their side, the international submits their side, and then it's and then it's unveiled. In the Presidents Cup, they go back and forth. So if you know if Ernie Els says, "Okay, I'm playing Hideki." Uh, Justin, you know, Tiger Woods might say, okay, well, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you Justin Thomas. I'm going to give you my best guy or vice versa, right? Fowler might be the benefit of getting like CT Pan or, um, Cam Smith or Adam Hadwin, who some, one of these guys, he's a much bigger favorite than, um, compared to the guy that Justin Thomas is going to get. So freaky Fowler to me is like the ultimate, ultimate value bet in this situation because of who I believe his partner is going to be. I will wait. To see pairings come down on Wednesday, but that is uh, my best pick at the moment, which is Ricky Fowler at 10 to 1. Other guys here, Tiger at 10 to 1, I can't pull the trigger on because I just don't think he's going to play that much. I think he's going to play three sessions. He probably plays the two, um, four balls, and he probably, and he's definitely going to play the singles. I don't know if he plays an alternate shot format. Uh, Gary Woodland at 14 to 1, I think is interesting because we know how friendly he is with Tiger, how well he's played recently. Um, you know, Bryson, I think, is a little bit riskier 
uh, Bryson, I think, is tough to pair with just because of his unique style, his, his demeanor. I think he's tough to find an actual partner with. So betting him at 14 to 1, he might sit the alternate shot uh, formats. So I'm really just focusing on a handful of guys. And again, I cannot stress to you enough how critical it's going to be to wait. I know you want to put your bets in now. I, I agree with you. I want to do it too, but there's going to be so much value in waiting because you're going to get, it would be like being told this running back is going to have 20% less carries than another running back. Just wait and I'll tell you that. That's what's happening. This golf, we're going to find out this golfer is going to play 20% less matches than another golfer. And we're going to find that out on Wednesday. All right, let's go through the international team and the rest of the really great bets that I see being offered for this week. And we'll do that after these words. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand, and it's time to go through the international squad and who we think could be the top point scorer from here, and I'll, I'll warn you, I think this is a lot more difficult to figure out. So let me just read you the odds really quickly. Uh, Adam Scott, four and a half to one to be the top point scorer for the international team. Hideki additionally at four and a half to one. Louis Ustazen at six and a half to one. Mark Leishman at seven. Cam Smith and Sung J M at eight to one. Then we get a little bit of a gap. Ben on. Joaquin Neiman, they're both 14 to 1. Adam Hadwin and Hao Tong Lee, both 16 to 1. Abraham Answer, 20 to 1. And CT Pan, big gap, 33 to 1. Right out of the, right out of the gate. Um, surprised to see that big of a gap between some of these golfers. I mean, CT Pan, 33 to 1. Listen, I'm not thrilled to, to bet him either or to roster him in fantasy, but, uh, that's a pretty big gap. I was surprised to see that. So again, it comes down to what the, uh, what the volume is going to be, what the opportunity for these golfers is going to be. The, the veterans, guys like Adam Scott, Hideki, Louie, Leishman, I fully expect them to play as much as possible. I, I think they'll play a lot. Um, you know, out of, out of the four of them, I think Louie's interesting at six and a half to one because a few things. I think he's going to play a lot. But what we've seen is Adam Scott might have to play the Jason Day role. Uh, the, the veteran Australian who has to take a rookie under his wing. That's what I, that's how I think they're going to use Adam Scott this week. For, you know, for two points better at six and a half to one, I get Louie, who I think is going to play a lot. And I think he's going to be paired with Mark Leishman. I think he's going to be played paired with Hideki Matsuyama. I think he gets a more high quality, um, playing partner than the rookie that they might have to stick Adam Scott with. So again, we'll see. I'll wait as long as possible to make that bet, but the value on Louie like we've seen, he, he had, he has basically always had quality playing partners. Now he had that really good thing with Brandon Grace for a long time. Those two were great in, in match play formats. Uh, Grace is not on this team and, and Louie is a really good match play player. So I, I really like that at six to one. Um, additionally, 
like Cam Smith at eight to one. Cam Smith, Australian. Uh, I know he's a rookie, but he's an Australian who I I think he's going to play every single session. I think the Australians will. He's young. He's got a lot of energy. He won the Australian Open back to back years, uh, three years ago and two years ago. He played with Mar- uh, Mark Leishman at the World Cup. And they finished in a tie for second. So I think it's possible that you get a lot of Leishman, uh, Cam Smith, uh, pairings this week in, in a lot of formats. So he's sitting there at eight to one and I'm thinking that's a really good number. Um, and then Sung J M. Uh, eight to one. Sung J M. We, we joke about this all the time on this show where he is, um, he's got so much energy. The guy plays week in, week out. He plays every single week. He never takes a week off. No reason not to think he's not going to play. He's your rookie of the year on the PGA Tour. He's probably going to play all five sessions. Um, and what he might be partnered with is is Benny on at fourteen to one. So those two, especially if they get paired together and they play all the time, uh, Ben on at fourteen to one is a really good number. Really good tee to green player. Sung J M can roll it for him uh, on the when they get to the putting surface. So I wouldn't go any lower than. Joaquin Neiman, Adam Hadwin, Hal Tong Lee, Abraham Answer, CT Pan. I'm not going down there. I'm focusing on Louie at six to one, Cam Smith at eight, because he's probably going to be paired with Mark Leishman the entire time. And then Sung Jay and Benny on eight to one and 14 to one, respectively. Those I think are the better bets. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. What we have seen. The, the, the monkey wrench that can be thrown in here is I believe that the, uh, the Australians, the internationals will ride the hot hand. This happened with JB Holmes a couple of presidents cups ago. I want to say 2015 where he was a captain's pick, uh, but he played the first session and he won. So he won. So they rolled him back out for the second session and he won again. So then of course now he's going to play the third session and he halved it. Well, now he's, now he's, now he's 2-0 and 1. He's got to play the fourth session and then singles everybody plays. So it's like JB Holmes probably would have been benched for a session or two if he lost his first match. Um, which again kind of goes into this whole situation about knowing who's going to play that first session before you lock any of these bets in is going to be really critical um, because you might catch a hot hand situation. Like if Abraham answer plays session one and wins, they might run him right back out there. So that's the only thing that might throw a, a, a wrench into our monkey business here um, with, with how to go best about playing these, these guys. But remember four of them are not even going to play in session one. All right. After that, there are some really, Interesting bets that we get out of here. So, um, you can bet the, the score after each one of these rounds. You can bet the score, uh, overall. So let's look at the score for overall. Um, remember there are 30 points available to you. Uh, the, the favorite or the shortest odds is USA being 20 to 10 or better. So that means you'd get 21, 9, 22, 8. That's probably, I like, I understand it's the shortest odds, but that's probably unlikely. Uh, the reason the odds are so short is because you get much more of the range. You get everything above that. So it just is, is very unlikely to have a blowout that big. It's, especially when you get into singles, like singles, anything can happen. Um, you know, it would, it would, it would be reasonable to think they split the singles or they go seven and five. The international wins five. They probably would have accumulated six points somewhere previous to that. It's just, 
it's it's unlikely that it's that big of a blowout. Um, I'm much more in the 17 to 13 range. So 17 to 13, that's still a pretty significant win, but it it understands the volatility that anything can happen. Um, you know, we've seen the, the last President's Cup was, I think, 1911, which is a, a massive blowout. The one prior to that was, I believe, 1713, which is kind of where I'm at here. That would be nine to one. I think that's a pretty good value. And if you wanted to play the ancillary one, so if you wanted to play, you know, if you think 1713 is a really good starting point for what the final score is going to be, looking at it from, um, taking 16 and a half to 13 and a half, which is just a half a point shorter. That's also nine to one. And then going 17 and a half to 12 and a half is 10 to one. So if you bet those three, nine to one, nine to one, 10 to one, that would give you the range from 16 and a half to 17 and a half um, for the U.S. side winning. Now, if you want to look at any of the international wins, um, they're all very significant long shots. So like a small international victory, the smallest 15 and a half to 14 and a half is 12 to one. That's actually the same odds as if they were to tie. Uh, the odds just go, you know, much, much higher after that. If, if it's an international blowout, you know, 19 to 11, that's 66 to one. So I can't imagine betting any of the outright correct scores for the international uh, international side the american side is a much more reasonable um situation so i'm going to kind of hang in that 17 to 17 to 13 range and maybe just bet you know uh half a point down half a point up give myself a little bit of air range of error when it comes into it but you can also do um after any day so after day 1 scoring this is interesting because um I, this is a situation I think you can bet the international squad in because they know they cannot get down. Okay. The, I fully expect the international team to come out guns a blazing on Thursday morning. It's going to be Adam Scott and, and Joaquin Neiman. It's going to be Leishman and Cam Smith. It's going to be Louie and somebody like, like they're coming with the big dogs, right? They're not easing their way into this thing. So I do think that there is a chance that after day one, the internationals are in the lead. Um, which you can bet international three to two, uh, would be four and a half to one. I, I kind of like that. I think that's going to get an investment from me. And then additionally, um, you know, you can bet some of the U S sides of this, like U S three and a half to one and a half at five and a half to one. That's pretty reasonable. Um, I don't think they'll go four to one. I don't think they'll go five to no. There's just too much volatility in, in, uh, small sessions of golf. So the smaller the ranges are, the, the day one score, the day two score, um, I wouldn't mind betting international sides for that. But when you add it all up at the end of the week, very likely that the United States is coming out on top. So give those a look. But um, I do think day one, the international team is going to come out of it. I might bet uh, international three to two, which is four and a half to one and the tie two and a half, two and a half, which is five to one bet. Both of those, if either one of them hits, you get paid off. Uh, additionally, you still have the um, the, the nationality bets that you can bet here. So let's see, um, you have the top American player, which is no different than the top U S point score in this situation, but the top Asian player is here. So Hideki is the top Asian player at, uh, at plus 125, followed by Sung J M at plus 210, Benny on at plus 550, uh, how Tong at seven to one and CT pan at 11 to one. This to me, there's value here in Benny on, you know, he's 13 to one or 14 to one to be the international leading point scorer. 
Um, he's five and a half to one to beat Sung JM and Hideki Matsuyama. That to me is a great bet because I think he's going to play with Sung Jay. So there's a chance that him and Sung Jay have the same number of points going into Sunday. And if that's the case, it just turns into a singles match and then it turns into whatever Hideki Matsuyama did. And there is a benefit to flying under the radar and being in like the next tier of golfers because when Tiger Woods posts Hey, this is Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler. Very, it's very reasonable that Ernie says, okay, well, I'm going to meet you with my big guy. I'm throwing Hideki at you. And now Hideki has to play Justin Thomas. Now, Benny on is going to get, he's still going to get a very difficult matchup from any of the Americans, but I'd much rather him play. I don't know, whoever Kucher matches up with, or even if it's DJ and DJ still a little, you know, limp or a little rusty, like, I don't know. Benny on at five and a half to one is screaming uh, a bet for me there. Um, the, the top Australian player is not nearly as juicy. So you, there's only three of them. Adam Scott plus 135, Leishman plus 175, Cam Smith plus 225. I like Cam Smith. I'll probably just bet him at that eight to one number to be the top international player. I don't think I have to, I don't think the odds are good enough to bet him at plus. 225 to be the top Australian, unfortunately. So that's going to be a no bet for me. Uh, you can also bet the top rookie. So, um, Xander leads the way at three and a half to one. Patrick Cantlay at four, but then it jumps. Bryson, Woodland, Tony Finau, all eight to one. So now you're looking at this like, okay, you know, I can get into, to, into some of these bets here where if you think Gary Woodland, uh, or even Tony Finau, like Tony Finau, because he has a really elite skill set, which is the driver. Um, and he played well the final three rounds of the Hero World Challenge. He can get hot very, very quickly. He's a great match play player. Him at eight to one is a steal. Gary Woodland at eight to one is a steal, especially because they might play with Xander and they might play with Cantlay. So you're just riding coattails until you get to Sunday. Um, it's a really interesting situation where I think you can embrace the strategy that is involved here of waiting to find out who those first round partners are going to be, knowing that if they play well, they might be paired up together for the entirety of this tournament. Again, uh, I wouldn't drop anywhere past that. Sung Jay's 10 to 1, Benny On's 14, Joaquin Neiman's 14. I'm probably not going down that far here. Um, but there are some interesting ones. If you want to, if you want to take the tie out of it, uh, the U S for the U S is minus three seventy five. The international team still plus two seventy five to just win it outright. That removes the tie situation, but this is a really strategic event. And what I want to do is I'm going to recap this and, and tell you the bets that I already have in or the things that I'm waiting for. Um, but this is an opportunity to be a thoughtful, better, and make sure that you're getting in with as much value as possible because it's out there. And um, we're going to cover those strategies just one last time after we get a word on our sponsors. Sponsors. 
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand. To wrap up this President's Cup episode, and I just cannot stress to you enough the importance of being a thoughtful better this week. Um, there's so much strategy involved in the format of the President's Cup that Vegas cannot really account for it. So when you're looking at the betting board, they're, they're, you know, a, a lot of weeks they're making educated guesses. There is a lot less education. And because so many golfers are not going to play all five sessions, there really is a lot of built in value into this week, which is not something that we say a lot. Vegas is very, very sharp. This is a chance to get them. So I'm taking a look at all of the uh, top American point scores, the top international point scores. That's where I think the best value for you is going to be. And with that comes waiting as long as possible. So Wednesday, uh, it'll be Wednesday evening here in the States, Wednesday afternoon, depending on if you're on what coast you're on. We're going to find out the first round matchups. Uh, we're going to find out the four guys from each team who are not playing session one. Get rid of them. Don't bet them. Uh, and then if you find someone like a Justin Thomas and a Ricky Fowler pairing, that's what I'm hoping for. I love Fowler at 10 to 1 to be the American point scorer if he can ride Justin Thomas's five session coattail and then just get to singles and maybe beat him there. That's where I think a lot of the value is. Same thing goes for the international side. If we see a, a, a Louis Oosthuizen and Cam Smith lineup or if Sung Jae and Benny An go out there right away, like those are guys that I would be targeting. So wait as long as possible. Try to think about the situations in which these golfers are going to end up playing together if things go well, if things go poorly. I am hoping that I've done a good enough job to be able to cover that for you this week. I've not bet anything at the moment. I'm literally waiting. I'm practicing what I preach. Usually I come in here and I say, okay, here are the three bets that I have and I'm waiting, but this is very much a wait and see week. So I will wait and see until Wednesday and then I will fire bets, which I, I, hey, follow me on Twitter. I'll let you know who I bet. It is at Rick run good. Um, but this is a week where you can actually go and get some back from Vegas. There's a lot of value here. And then following along closely during the week for day two, day three, day four betting, it's where all your money will be made. All right. That's it for me. I'm Rick Gaiman at Rick run good on Twitter. This has been another episode of golf betting on demand. Good luck this week.